All right, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. It is the Bracket Talk Bay B March is here. We are recording on a Tuesday. I say that because it's the first day of the first four games. Uh, so we got two great matchups tonight. We got two great matchups tomorrow night and then Thursday. But obviously go you're listening. Let's go Hoosiers! Um, what do you got tonight? Huh? What do you got tonight? Who do I got tonight between the Hoosiers and Wyoming? Yeah. Yeah, oh, Hoosiers, absolutely. It's gonna be a good one. I feel like it's I'm gonna be good. Too, I feel like I'm getting too caught. Like Wyoming's good, but Indiana's just a tough matchup. If they can just make shots, they're. I mean, obviously, like Purdue, we. But like, as far as the games went, obviously the scores made it. But like, they were they were tough. They're yeah. playing well. Yeah, no, it's definitely not going to be a gimmick for either of these teams. I don't know for any of these teams really. Um, That's the tournament, right? That is the tournament. But at, so let's talk about the first four really quick. Obviously, y'all are going to be hearing this when uh, some of those games are already done. Um, so take that into account. But any of these teams, we talked about Indiana, obviously Rutgers, Notre Dame in the mix, Wyoming, all of the you know lower seeded teams as well, Texas A&M, CC, all of that. Do you think any of these teams? can not only make it out of the... Obviously, someone's going to make it out of the first four in the tournament. But do you think any of these teams can go as far as, let's say, the Sweet 16? I think... Uh, I, I I think Rutgers has a chance. Um, I, I mean, I think Wyoming, Indiana, and Rutgers all have a legitimate chance. I don't think Notre Dame does. I don't give Notre Dame even a chance against Rutgers. They're like the one team where I'm like, you shouldn't be here. Um, that's the team I would probably take out and... and Probably, probably throw in A&M. I liked A&M all year, and just that those last three wins are, are pretty impressive. Um, so I, I don't think Notre Dame can. But the other three I think all have a chance. I picked Rutgers as the one with the best chance, even though I'm, I'm high on Texas Tech, and they probably have to play them in the second round. So I don't have – I have Rutgers in the second round. I have them losing to Texas Tech. Um, I was flirting with maybe Indiana winning, and I still might have Indiana winning. But, like – it's St. Mary's in that in that first round, which is gonna be such a tough matchup. And then if you get by St. Mary's, it's most likely UCLA. So I, I think just like the road in general for for Indiana and Wyoming is so much harder. Where like Rutgers, I've liked them a lot against Notre Dame, and I like. I mean, I, if I was Vegas, I'd favor Rutgers against Bama. Like I, I think just like where those teams are at and, and and such. I so I think Rutgers has a really nice chance to get to the second round. Texas Tech's a, a really tough three th- seed. If they were playing, uh, God, what other three seed? Well, Wisconsin. We've seen them. We've seen them beat Wisconsin and Purdue. Uh, and then the other three would be Tennessee. The three seeds are good. If they were They're playing really Villanova, good this year. really if they good were this year. Against Villanova, I'd give them against Villanova right? or Duke. Like, I, like if yeah. they beat Texas Tech, they could they could keep on on winning. I, I think. But yeah, Rutgers would be the one team that I that I think could make a run. And we and we've seen them beat like. There was a, that span of four or five games where it was Purdue, Wisconsin, the Hawkeye, like the top of the Big Ten. Uh, so we've seen them beat really, really good teams consecutively as well. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. I think Rutgers and Indiana, the two teams I see that have a shot, you know, I I, I like to tend towards Rutgers just because they have that top team killer, like, reputation already. They have the size to match teams. And I and I think, but I think for both of these teams, they're going to have to rely on having the breakout player. Um, I think you know if Ron Harper Jr. 
comes out and he is the breakout player of this tournament, they can make a Sweet 16 run. That's how it happens. If Trace Jackson Davis, you know, primed for a March Madness breakout tourney, then yeah, maybe they can get it through. Um, I don't see any of these teams getting to the Sweet 16. I think second round is where both of them end. Um, but I, but if there was if there was a team to do it, I agree. I think it is Rutgers. Um, but both of these teams going to be hard outs. I think they both advance, and I think they're both going to be hard outs for whoever plays them. It's not going to be an easy one. Um, they're teams so. like I mean I feel confident against Rutgers against Notre Dame, but like obviously Notre Dame could win that game. Like Rutgers and Indiana, as we've seen all year, have like not always won games. Maybe they should have or could have, but they are teams that if they get on a run and and they you know they keep winning, just the style they play also is just going to be tough because both of them are like. We're going to be physical, and we're going to muck this game up. And too fucking bad. Yeah, no, exactly. So, And, and you can control the game a little more uh, doing it that way, especially the way that they can do it. So, yeah, I, 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 I think that those teams could do it, but I don't really see any of these first four teams being a, a Sweet 16 uh, contender at the end of the day. Uh, but let's start moving to the regions because we got a lot to talk about. Let's start in the West, right? You got three... Uh, the number, the top three seeds, all interesting. You have Gonzaga, the number one seed that I feel like isn't getting the praise that an overall number one seed usually gets. You have Duke at the number two after a really disappointing Virginia Tech blowout in the ACC championship. And you have a Texas Tech team who we've both loved a lot, obviously didn't win uh, the Big 12 like, like uh, someone suggested. Um, but uh, I think that it... it didn't, both uh, us, didn't both of us pick Tech? Yeah, that's why I'm saying someone. Ah, the someone's. Yeah, the someone's. Someone's. I didn't pick the. I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. The hey, someone's suggested. We did pretty good. No, pretty we did good pretty well. Tournaments. We did pretty. We did pick the tourneys pretty well. Thank you, Tennessee. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's really interesting. So out of these top three seeds, right? Of course, which is the best team? Gonzaga is the best team. But you know, who are you having the most faith in can really can really lift the trophy? Is it Gonzaga or do you kind of put your faith in Texas Tech? And for Duke, you know, how much are you putting that ACC loss on them and their ability to not move forward or vice versa in this tournament? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I never read all that much in, in conference tournaments. Um, I think there was, there was one stat that I can't remember how far it went back. Um, I know Fox College Basketball Instagram shared one that was it said something about how teams that, that lose their first conference tournament game never have never gone or like haven't gone on to win it uh, in so many years. So I think maybe that is something to that you could kind of take take a note of. But losing in the final in general for Duke, that's not the reason I'm not a believer in Duke. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do think Gonzaga is is the favorite here. And I think if you're talking about just favorite, I think it's like probably the pretty clear favorite. Um, just because of what they've done this year um, and, and the talent and, and just like the program that they built. I mean, this is a team that uh, several of these guys were on a team that was in the championship game last year, uh, what, three years before that had a championship game run. So we, we just know how good they are. But as much as I'm not a believer in Duke, Duke was one of the one of the teams that gave Gonzaga one of their very few losses. And, and I'm still very high on Texas Tech. And, and I think if Texas Tech can get by Duke, I think the way they defend uh, and, and just like the way they play basketball, I think is it going to be a really bad matchup for Gonzaga, similar to it as it was in, in 2019 uh, when Texas Tech made the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I think Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, are definitely like 
a three seed, a strong three seed that that can play like a one seed. You know, I I still think Gonzaga. It's so hard. I you know because they haven't played as well as the year they didn't win. So you almost are like, you know, how far are you going to go with teams? So many good teams being up there. You know, they do still have the highest scoring offense in the country. I think Chet Holmgren still has room to improve and still could like emerge in this tournament. And then we could be like, oh, it was Gonzaga all along. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think Texas Tech has what it takes. Duke, it's just so dependent on matchup for them. It really is so dependent on matchup with Duke's uh, with Duke's game. They just haven't been good, like consistent enough. Like it right. shouldn't matter with matchup because like they have enough size and play- like they have players that have like talent wise they have top five, top ten, not even close. Uh, and I guess I mean seed wise they're in the top eight, but they. They just don't play well enough as a team. And and I think, like, I think the Coach K final – I think there's just, like, almost too much stuff going on. I, I, it seems to me that this year Coach K has – hasn't done, like, the, his normal role of head coaching. I think it's kind of been like, all right, Shire, we're going to do this together. And I think that that's – maybe long-term will be good for John Shire. But I think this season is, is hurting this team because talent – like, they – Talent-wise, they they're the most talented team, even even talented than Gonzaga in this bracket. Or in this oh, region. you think so? You so okay. So that you think that Duke's got a more talented roster than Gonzaga at the end of the day? For sure, for sure. I mean, like just like the guys that they have, uh, every position: Mark Williams, AJ Griffin, pa- Paolo Banchero. I mean, they got Chet Holmgren's obviously going to go top three, but so is Paolo. And then Duke's going to have a lot more guys kind of go near that top of the first round. Uh, but I just think they're just, I think with the kind of dual head coaching thing. And with how young they are, it, it just has, has held this team back from reaching the heights that it could with all the talent uh, that they have. Because we see, like, when they played Gonzaga earlier in the season, like, Gonzaga's not that young of a team. And Duke was, but Duke was just playing. They played to their heights. And, and when they could do that, they're, they're deadly. But we haven't seen enough of that from Duke for me to, to believe it's going to occur. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I think we're in agreement that I don't think it's Duke's year, and uh, I think Texas Tech could upset um, when it comes to who could knock Gonzaga out of this out of this bracket. Uh, but I still do think Gonzaga is, is going to avoid any upsets and really be there towards the end of it. I, I do think, um, you know, at, as inconsistent as their play has been for 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 who they are as a team, um, I do think that they still have that talent and they still have the room to grow into the tournament. Uh, apart from the top three seeds, who do you see as a dark horse maybe emerging from this region? It's hard to say, you know, with Gonzaga and Texas Tech, like another team, like, you know, getting past both of them. But, I mean, obviously wouldn't have to maybe play both of them. Well, no, they would. They would have to play both of them. Um, so, you know, you I mean, most most likely. Uh, so who do you see as a dark horse to emerge from this region apart from, from those top three seeds? Yeah, well, I, I went even further. I mean... Four or five, even a six. I, I guess you could probably call a six a dark horse. But I, I went further than than all those, um, just because it's the tournament. It's not. It. Do you think seeds matter? You're lying to your goddamn self. Um, but uh, so I went with Memphis. They kind of gave me a little bit of that 2014 Kentucky vibes. A, a team that was just like so absolutely stacked. I, honestly, like talent wise, Memphis is could be two or three. Uh, they could probably have an argument of being more talented than Gonzaga just because this recruiting class is, is so, so stacked. Obviously, they don't have Amoni Bates anymore, but they've played significantly better since he's been out. 
Uh, so it's a team that, like that Kentucky team, they were an eight seed. They got things kind of clicking later in the year. And just with that talent and, and everything, were able to make a run. Because they have such a tough matchup in Gonzaga in the second round, it's it's not a nine over one that, that I'm inclined to pick. But I but I think Memphis has has the talent to to make that sort of run. Right. I love that. I I went deeper than you, man. I so I'm, oh, yeah. I'm happy to do that. I, I know I didn't give them a ton of love in the first four talk earlier, but I do think a team that we've seen that can pick up steam in a hurry and and really they have the size to match up, and they're playing a not too high rank, a not too great high ranked Alabama team. I think it's Rutgers. I think Rutgers yeah. can really. I figured since we already talked about them making kind of a Sweet Sixteen run, I wanted to highlight another team. But absolutely, Rutgers. Right, I love Rutgers. You know, they've beaten a bunch of quad one, quad two. We remember that four game stretch in the middle of the Big Ten season where they really took off everyone. Um, and you know, we talked about Alabama. And, and them being too high-ranked for what their team has been. Duke is also right for an upset. How is How are they six? Uh, no idea. No, you're saying they're only one seed worse than Iowa? Like, come on. I, I don't know how you're saying, like, I think Murray State's better. I, Murray State should be a six above Alabama. Right. Alabama's not a six seed. Agreed. Well, that's fine, because that's what upsets are made of. You know, people True. getting seed in the wrong place, so... Yeah, I think that they can absolutely, you know, come out of the first four, absolutely be Alabama. Duke is right for an upset. And then, you know, yeah, they have to play Gonzaga, I think, probably, and, and uh, that's going to be hard. But, you know, if they, if they can beat all those teams and make it there, I, I absolutely see them being able to continue that role. Um, so we're going to be doing our next episode after the first two rounds are done. So why don't you give me a couple upsets that you see maybe happening um, in these first two rounds? And... As always, for March Madness, feel free to be as crazy as you want. Oh, yeah. you got you got to be crazy. you got to have at least – I usually have, like, one region, I think, that probably goes, like, kind of chalky. But if you're not throwing upsets in there, then you're, you're lying. Again, you're lying to yourself. You're lying you to yourself. It's, it's going to happen. Uh, so I do – I got Rutgers beating Alabama. I do have them losing to Texas Tech, so I, I don't think they're going to get two wins um, in, in the first two rounds. But I got them winning that first round. I do have the Catamounts out of Vermont beating Arkansas and beating Connecticut in the second round. This this Vermont team is so, so good. 17-1 in their conference. They absolutely dominated their conference tournament. The closest game they had in their conference tournament was 32 points. They won the final by 39. It's a program that that is always consistently good. It has one of my favorite upsets of all time when they beat the Wayne Simeon-led KU Jayhawks in 2005. That was the lone time they've ever gotten an NCAA tournament win. This year, I, I say... Vermont's going to get two. There you go. I love that. Um, I actually have um, the matchup being Vermont as well, upsetting Arkansas. And then I Hell have yeah. New Mexico State upsetting UConn. I was thinking about that one. I, I have those t- t- upsets happening back to back. You know, UConn, they can go on really cold shooting streaks. And the Aggies have these two tall guards in Teddy Allen and Sir Jabari Rice that score 30 points per game. You know, UConn's great at rebounding, but so is New Mexico, so they can really battle it out for that. You know, and, and if New Mexico State can push the tempo a little bit, I think they can beat this UConn team, just like any team can beat this UConn team uh, when they go on those cold streaks. So it's definitely not a gimme, but I see it as an upset that can happen. You just talked about how good the Catamounts are, so I don't have to continue, but I also think Arkansas um, doesn't match up super well against them as well. I, th- I think just the way that, that Vermont plays is, is going to give them a problem. Um, 
just how the SEC is built a little bit. And then I also have one more I'll talk to you about. I have Davidson over Michigan State. See, that's not an upset. That's not an upset. Oh, come on. It's not an upset? It's 10 over no, 7. No, a 10 over, a 10 over 7 is not an upset. Well, okay. we got to make that distinction, Barry, as a, as a, as a, a younger college, but not an upset. Okay. It's got to be – I think it's got to be at least four seeds, probably normally five. But, like, the 10-7, that, that to me is like a 9-8, you know? But I like yeah. that pick. I like that, that Davidson pick a lot. I well, really, they're... really – and I might just I might just do it because I'm such a non-believer in Duke, and and I am a Duke hater. Admittedly, I always pick against Duke. Uh, I picked against them when they had Zion, and it made me look like a genius. And it was really just because I'm a Duke hater. I really want to pick Davidson over Duke in the second round. I mean, hey, it could happen. It definitely in-state rivalry. We'll talk about another one with Murray State and Kentucky. But like those mid majors, in 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 you know. States like that. I mean, like even when Drake and you and I play Iowa and Iowa State, it it means something to those schools and those players. And apparently, I didn't really know this, but Davidson has has tried to schedule Duke uh, quite frequently over the last like decade or so. And Coach K has has not really wanted to because he knows it's not a great like either they win a game that they should or they lose to a team that they shouldn't lose to, which like has teams good enough to to beat Duke, right. I mean, Davidson, they love to control the ball. And Michigan State, you know, if they can't you challenge that possession play that Davidson likes to do, you know, we've talked about there aren't a high-scoring team. So if Davidson can control the tempo, there might just not be enough points to win for Izzo. Uh, but it'd be crazy if we saw both Izzo and, and Coach K out come, come, uh, come Sweet 16. Uh, but both of their teams are not looking too hot going into it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I agree in the sense that it's a much easier pick to make than the other two we made. Uh, Upset-wise, it's that's it not on the same level. Not on the same level. Both it's of not those an upset. Things. It's not an upset. What? So so it has nobody to be. considers a ten-seven like an upset. That's that's a toss-up game. Toss-up game. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Just because the seeds are too. I mean, like the nine-eight. You know, like I mean, even if you're like in the, if you're like in the elite eight, and a five beats a three. You're not going to be like, oh, what a major upset, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean... The seeds matter, too, because, like, a six over a three, a five over a two, that's a little bit of a bigger one. A four over a one is, I would... But, like, a seven, ten, nah. Right. And a three over a one, no, right? Nah. Nah. Okay, there you go. Now I, I, I have a little more... And then, I mean, like, then you get to, like, the specific game where it's like, if Texas Tech beats Gonzaga, yeah, we're going to consider it an upset. Right. But for the first round, you know, each round has its own, you know, different rounds. Better way of saying it. And first round, nah, 10, ten seven. There you Too go. Too close. Too close. Um, okay, and the last thing for this region before we on, move on to the Midwest, uh, who do you think is a breakout player for this region? Who can you see really going on a tear, taking his team almost to the end? Um, who's, who's right for a breakout? Well, I got I got the Red Raiders of Texas Tech advancing out of this region and to their second Final Four again as a three seed, beating Gonzaga as a one seed in the Elite Eight. And to do that, I, I, I think they're going to need a little bit of hot shooting like they had in that last run. I think Terrence Shannon is going to take that sort of Jarrett Culver role. He's a 6'6 six, six guard again that when he can get shooting, he, he can really fill it up. So I think he's going to get hot and help lead the Red Raiders and that tough defense. That's great. You know what? I also picked a Texas Tech player to break out 
but I picked oh, yeah. Kevin McCuller. I think he's going to lead. I think he's really – he leads his team in rebounds and assists. I think he's going to really put on an offensive show that has nothing really to do with taking on the scoring burden. I think we're going to see him become like a real provider. I think he takes over the games that he needs to take over. Uh, and I think it's a very winnable West for the Red Raiders, and you'll see that because he really takes on that distributor role. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the Red Raiders. We both are, it seems like. So uh, I have Gonzaga beating them. I do have Gonzaga beating them, but I have them. It's I have them uh, going as as that far. So it's going to be an interesting West, and it's time to move on to the Midwest. <laughs> All right, so the Midwest region, the Midwest, where Iowa lives and breathes. It's where they live and breathe in the tourney as well. Um, before we get into the lower seeds and who can make a run, top three seeds, Kansas and Wisconsin, and uh, the two is Villan is it Villanova? Auburn. Auburn, right. There you go. Kansas, Auburn, Wisconsin. Uh you know, what do we think of these top three seeds? You know, Wisconsin obviously disappointing in the conference tournament, uh, but you said you don't take too much stock in it. Do you think still think Wisconsin could be primed for a deep run, or do you think Kansas is kind of the team that Iowa should be worried about uh, in this one? Uh, <coughs> I'm going to go with Wisconsin because I don't want to pick only ones and twos, and I've got a one and a two lined up. Uh, and I also, Kansas isn't, the most fearsome of one seeds. And I think we've seen Auburn show a lot of cracks recently. Uh, that, that guard play that was so, so strong for them earlier in the season has, has dissipated a little bit. Um, so I'm going to go with Wisconsin because they, they still were big 10 regular season champions. Uh, it's a team that's very, very good. Every kind of tournament, they, no matter what their roster is, they seem to be able to make some sort of a run just because their style of play is really, really effective in the tournament where teams don't really know how to deal with it. Um, so I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm stretching it, calling them the favorite, certainly more for uh, for content's sake than if I fully believe it. But I also am like, I, I think Kansas and Auburn aren't the most clear-cut, better ones and twos. Uh, and, and I think, too, with Wisconsin, it, it, their, their prospects change on the health of Johnny Davis. If they have a, a very, very healthy Johnny Davis – then, then I do feel a little better about being like, yeah, this is the favorite of the of the top seeds. Right, I agree. I think they they got the star power. Kansas, you know, they could reach a more full potential that we kind of expect of them, but up until now that hasn't happened. And Auburn has definitely fell off towards the end of the season, which is not what you want going into March, um, where all the teams are so good and so competitive. So I, I'm also taking Wisconsin. Actually, I, I, I hell I, yeah. I, I just think also for Iowa, if we're talking about from the perspective of Iowa, I don't want to play Wisconsin again. I I absolutely don't want to play Wisconsin again. i uh not looking forward to that at all. So uh, I, I do think that it is that it is Wisconsin that I'm most afraid of. But, you know, <clears throat> can't count on Kansas. Like, Baji, they, they have the room to grow, for sure. Kansas and, Kansas and Auburn, like, I mean, if Kansas and Auburn go and make the Final Four, I don't think either of us would be like, Wow. Unsurprised. Who saw that from those teams? Upset. Upset alert. <laughs> um, no, I agree. Uh, so then, dark horses to emerge from this region. Uh, I'm going to start out with not the Hawkeyes. Uh, I'm going to start with Creighton. I not a dark horse. You can't even call the Hawkeyes a dark horse anymore. Like everyone thinks the Hawkeyes are freaking good. I don't. That's... I kind of don't like it, but I kind of love it. 
but like you love we're to not, hate it. We're not a dark horse. No, for sure. And that's why I'm going to go with Creighton. Um, you know, I think we watched Creighton play in Biggie's tournament. Bringing that back, like you said, an amazing time to watch these teams play live because you do get a feel of what these teams really are. It's why I don't have any faith in Providence. It's why I don't have any faith in uh, uh, in in Marquette as much as I want to. Um, and and it, it's why I have faith in Creighton because Creighton was playing lights out in that game. They're lights out from the three-point line. They got Calkin Brenner, who I think can really emerge in this tournament. They play well in transition. I definitely think they could upset San Diego State, and I think they could give Kansas a game. Um, so I, I definitely think that that's a possibility for this team. And, and from there, you know, we've seen Creighton make deep runs, and, and the Big East teams are always kind of surprising because you, you don't know what to expect from them, and then when they play really well, you're like, oh, cool, nice. Uh, apart from Villanova, obviously, we're not. And that's not including Villanova in that in that statement. But who do you see emerging from this region as a dark horse, especially since we don't consider the five seeded Hawks as a as a dark horse? Yeah, I, I love that Creighton pick, and and it's kind of a low key, sneaky sort of, of rivalry because like Nebraska doesn't have all that good of basketball, so a lot of times like Nebraska football fans will be Creighton fans, and then they always want to be the the Jayhawks down there in Kansas. And, and I think Creighton, like Creighton probably should have won the Big East tournament. They, yeah. they kind of fumbled it away there at the end with, with some, some poor decision-making, but, but they, they should have beaten Villanova. Um, and, and certainly we know McDermott will have them ready. I'm going to go with another team that we both have, have loved this year uh, and a coach that you can't help but love, Jim Laranega. He, he always is going to make some noise in the tournament. I'm going to go with the Canes. Um, I, think they, I think they've got the guys to run with Auburn. they got playmakers that can make some of those big plays. Um, I, I think, like, look, I, as much as we've been tough on USC, USC is, is certainly a good seven seed. Like, I think we were all like, they're not a top four seed. I think that's clear. USC is still going to be a really, really tough game for them. Uh, it is a team that plays, like, good defense. They're not on the upper echelon, but, like, it, it's a solid team. So they have a tough first round. But, but I think if they can get by USC, I, I, I think they can certainly challenge Auburn, especially if Auburn's guard play keeps kind of struggling because that's – That'll be what Miami wins on. Yeah, I agree. I, I have the Canes, uh, you know, hey, we've been talking about the USC being overrated, and I think in the same vein, Canes are underrated. And um, I think that in that game also, what we don't talk about with USC also is they're so bad at free throw shooting. They are the so, so bad at free throw shooting. They are horrendous at free throw shooting. So, Which is insane because Andy Enfield got his start as like being a shooting coach and like specifically like free throw shooting and like form like that. So you would think that would be the one thing that he's like, yo, no matter what we do this year, we're gonna have some great free throw shooting. We're gonna have some great free throw shooting. Um, yeah, but I think that I think that Miami is a good pick and uh, I think both these those teams could make some noise. Let's talk upsets more on the you know, we're not going to include Miami USC because we know that's a seven ten, and Matt won't take that. Matt won't. Nobody take that will. Upset. No bad. Any basketball fan listening to this, tweet at Yannick, and if you think it's a, a an upset, let him know, and I'll be proven wrong. But I, nobody considers a ten seven an upset. Okay. Hey, listen. I was. I was just trying to educate you. I thank you. I'm yeah, taking this education. Here. I'm not here to defend the seven ten. I'm here to learn. I'm. I understand. I'm in the learning. <laughs> so let me give you a twelve four. Let me give you South Dakota State over Providence. I think Love that, it. It, I mean, it's an upset, but I, I'm 
after seeing Providence, I don't think it is. The Jack Rabbits. I'm picking them too, and I feel confident. Yeah. Confident. If it doesn't happen, I'll be shocked. I know Ed Cooley is, you know, you know, the Big East coach of the year, and I know that he's in the running for coach of the year, but the Jack Rabbits offense has not been matched this season even close. And Providence just doesn't have an offense at most times. I mean, they they really go on cold streaks, and um, I don't think they even even have the defense to match up with South Dakota Kate. So it's a bad matchup all around for Providence, and the Jack Rabbits are really going into this one the strongest 12 seed, I would say. Um, so yeah, I'm taking South Dakota State, and I'm feeling pretty damn good about it. Yeah, I feel I feel confident in, in that one as well. That's that's kind of really the only big upset. I. I might I might go with the clones just to, to throw them a bone, but I don't because I, I don't have any faith in LSU either. That that game's such a tough toss up because I'm just like neither of your teams have been looking all that good, but but this is the one that that I do think like it yeah, and it feels for sure because also because like yes, when you have a high powered offense like South Dakota State and you play a team like Providence that wants to slow it down, all the, a lot of times the, the slower team in that tempo will will win out, but. Providence digs them, like you said, like they dig themselves in such holes. And as we saw against like Creighton, when an like an efficient offensive team gets you in some of those holes, it's a lot hard. Like I think they've been able to dig themselves in a lot of holes in the Big East because they're not playing offenses that are all that good. And, and, and you can say whatever you want about the South Dakota State talent level compared to the Big East. This offense is high powered and it's going to put up points. And so I, I – Providence is going to put themselves in a hole and they're not going to be able to dig themselves out. Right. I agree. And I think that that hole is going to get dug and you could see them down by 30 easily. I see like you could really, you could see them down by a lot and maybe they'll make it close at the end because they are, have a good coaching staff, but like the Creighton game, you know, they might, they might draw it close again, but it just, they, those holes are just all over the place. So I think that's an easy one for us to pick as much as I would like to say that I saw Providence play and then they moved on. When you dig yourself a hole, too, it's just like it's it's more like you you need so many consecutive stops so that when you play a team that's just offensively efficient, eventually that's what's gonna. I mean, that's what's helped the Hawkeyes in, in the past few weeks so many times is when like yeah, we've been stopped a few times, but overall, you know, you're able to get enough points, and, and particularly if you have a lead, you're able to hold on to that lead longer if you can be efficient enough with your scoring the basket. Yeah, I just yeah, and I just think like you never want to bet on a team that you feel like they're never going to have a lead in any game. Like you're just betting on the fact that they'll come from behind and it's like I don't love they're gonna, that. Like they're going to figure it out by 40 minutes. Yeah, and I don't Ooh. love that. Like I I I like knowing that a team has that ability. I don't like seeing every game they play be that way. Right. It's that's just yeah. That's play that's just playing risky. Like Yeah. It is, and maybe it happens against Sandy, uh, South Dakota State. Maybe they do find themselves in a hole, and because their talent is better, they, they outmatch them at the end, but I'm not betting on that happening. I'm, I'm absolutely not betting on it happening. So I think that South Dakota State pick is the really upset pick of this bracket. That's the easy one to pick. Um, speaking of Iowa State, we're talking about breakout players for this region. I would love to see Isaiah Brockington break out for Iowa State. I think the Penn State transfer, he's the heart of that Cyclones team, so if they have any chance... Even against, even against a not so great LSU team, you know if they have any chance of, of really getting past, it's going to be because he kind of takes the reins there. And if they have any chance of going further than that against Wisconsin, they're really going to need Isaiah Brockington to 
uh, to step up to the plate and really be the breakout player for this region. So I'm looking at him possibly as a breakout player taking the 11 seed Cyclones farther than they should go. Nice, nice. I'd love to see. I mean, love to see the Clones go a run. I'd love to see a Iowa Iowa State Elite Eight matchup. Oof. I'd be be incredible. I I wouldn't I wouldn't love to see that. It would be so. I mean, like Elite Eight would be so stressful anyway that that would add so much stress. Like a shot to the Final Four would. <laughs> I don't think I. I don't think I could take it. I really. I think I'm just would get too overwhelmed. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna cop out a little bit. I'm gonna go Walker Kessler and David McCormick. I, this this region's headlined by so many great perimeter players. Obviously, our boy Keegan. You got Johnny Davis. You got Ibaji. I mean, like just player of the years. You got Jabari Smith on on Auburn as well. Um, and so I think those post players, if they're able to kind of assert themselves, if they're able to get their points, get those rebounds, and and dominate the the big man game, I think it could give their teams a a, a big big edge when you've got so many good perimeter players on on all these teams. Yeah, and that would definitely help. Uh... Kansas and uh, Auburn out for short, so I think that that is that is a great pick, um, and we'll see because both of those teams I think do need as as high as they're ranked. I still don't think they need a couple players to really step up if they have a chance of of getting past some of the other teams in this region, like Wisconsin and like the Iowa Hawkeyes. Matt, this is your moment. Go off, Homer. What do you got? Yeah. They're, they're going to the Final Four. Oh, Duh. yeah. Duh. Oh, yeah, they are. They beat the Jayhawks. Chicago is going to be a mad hat. I don't care how many KU fans are in Chicago. Iowa fans will fill that place up. Uh, they're going to play Wisconsin. Wisconsin's going to get by Auburn. And we will get by our Big Ten rivals and go to our first Final Four since 1980. Is it eight? God, that, now I'm – go off, Homer, and then I don't even know our – don't even know anything about our freaking team. Some fan I am. Do you even know the mascot? I'm pulling it up. No, since 80. 87 was our last Elite Eight. So I was I was off on, oh, on that. 80 was our last Final Four. Uh, I'd really just... 40 years. With a sweet 16. We haven't been one of those since, since 99. I was too young to cherish it. So... Yeah. I mean... I'm right excited. now, just beat Richmond. Just beat Richmond. Just beat Richmond one game at a time, and I think the Hawkeyes have that mentality too. So I think they're not to, as much as you're afraid of everyone giving it to us. I also think that they don't give it to themselves. I think they understand because that's not what this team is built of. It's not a team that goes in and and assumes they're the better team. I think it's a team that builds itself into the game, builds on its strengths, and really the role players are there to to make the star players better. And I agree. Can the Hawks do it? They can. And they will. They got a favorable draw, especially with like one of the weaker one seeds. I agree, and even one of the weaker two seeds with just how Auburn's playing. Um, I think the only other better draw could would have been Kansas and Nova. If we would have got yeah. Kansas and Nova, I'd been like, hell yes, right for sure. I mean, because Nova is a ridiculous two seed compared considering how they've played this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're getting hot at the right time. Favorable draw, no injury issues so far. And Keegan Murray is really coming into his own. Uh, he won't win player of the year, but he should. Uh, we talked about it before, like who could make a run. And, and I think he did what we said he needed to do. So <laughs> He made a run. I mean, like I think now, too, it's like it's he made it where it's like, all right, it's Shibwe or Keegan. Like can Keegan – because I think before it was like Shibwe and then kind of the Big Ten guys, some rumblings about home ground and Ibaji, but not really – where now it's kind of like, all right, Shibwe's still the favorite, but man, could Keegan 
he can do it. Like he, I think he seems like the clearest challenger of it. Um, and even if he doesn't do it, I, he may have done, he may have done enough to make himself that fourth pick. The top, the top three are set. It's going to be Jabari, Holmgren, and and Panchero. But he may have. I mean, the way he was shooting the ball and just impacting the game, he he might have done enough to get number four, which would be insane. You know what the highest pick of an Iowa player ever is, Yannick? No, I don't. Downtown Freddie Brown in 1971 went sixth overall. Yeah. That is our highest pick of all time. So we want to see Keegan break that. I mean, hey, yeah. I, if, if he can take us to a Final Four, I absolutely think. Oh, if he takes us to a Final Four, he, he's going top five. Yeah, I think he has to. I, I still think even without that, you know, I think he's got a shot. He's done enough. I think he's done, especially to, like, Ivy's hurt himself a little, like, and how can you, like, Keegan also just has the benefit of, like, because the other guys you'd be talking about are Ivy and, and Johnny Davis of, like, he's got a few inches on him. And that's going to mean a lot to the when they're like, shit, he can guard the five and the one. We really like that. We yeah. really like that. We really like that a lot. We like I that like a that. lot. I yeah. like it a lot. So true. Yeah, I mean, let's see how far they can go. I, I think we both agree, you know, when they get to the Final Four, possible matchup against Arizona – uh, Get some revenge against Lou Olson. Yeah, Arizona terrifies me. I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't know. Arizona terrifies. If we were to get past, not a good matchup for us. No, no. But if we were to get past Arizona, I take us in the final every day. I think I don't care who comes out of the other side. I think really Arizona is. No, gonna be, I mean, we could beat Arizona. It, who knows? Just beat Richmond. Just beat Richmond. Just beat Richmond. Just beat Richmond. With that, let's move out of talking so we don't cause ourselves any bad luck. Let's go to the South yeah. region where we don't have to talk about our own team. Um, top three seeds. Uh, Arizona, we just talked about. Yeah, so, so, so good. Um, and, and like, for me, the best... I, the best one seed, I think, for me, out of the out of these four teams. It's, it's, it's tight, obviously, with Gonzaga and uh, with with Baylor. But I think they're better than Kansas for sure, and I, and I give them the edge over those other two teams as well. Um, and then you have a number two seed, the horrible worst two seed in this its division. It's so funny um, to me how that can kind of be in the same region. Um, where you have- but it's supposed to, they are supposed to set it up where it's like one to 68. So like the one over, like Duke is considered like the eighth overall seed. And so that's why they're matched up with Gonzaga. So Villanova would be like number seven. And that's why they're matched up with Arizona since Arizona is the number two overall seed. There you go. I'm I'm learning more and more. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Well, then that's what they deserve because they're worse than Duke in my head. Um, But yeah, I I think that, but they did win the conference. So that that does help you out, obviously. And and oddly enough, Big East was better than ACC this year. (laughs) Weird to say, but true, true, true. Um, and then you have said that since the Big East realignment, but yeah, yeah, fair. And, and then you have Tennessee who is a very, very good three seed. Um, so lots of interesting things. What do you think of these top three seeds and their ability to like make a run? Do you think anybody gets past Arizona? I I don't. And and I love Tennessee and I would have loved to pick Tennessee. Like if Tennessee was in, I think maybe any other number one seeds, I, I would take Tennessee over them. I think Arizona's a, a, a bad matchup because of how much size Arizona brings to the table and its size that's mobile. Um, Arizona, to me, is is I agree that I think they're the best team. They're the, they're the most complete team I've watched all year. Um, and, and I'm not sure 
it's really all that close, just how good they are offensively and defensively. What other kind of hesitations I had of it, because Arizona's been, there's a few years under Sean Miller, we were like, oh, maybe they're back, but they never quite got there. And, and of course, you're always going to be a little suspect with a first-year head coach. Like, we, not that we're taking any disrespect from Tommy Lloyd, but the first time, you know, you've ever been a head coach, there's going to be a little like, shit, is this this for real? Is it flash in the pan? But this team, this team is legit, um, and, and they can do it all. So they're very easily my favorite in this one, which is a shame because I, I think Rick Barnes has, has a great team in Tennessee and, and has probably his best chance to, to take them to their first Final Four. Right. No, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think you're right there. I just don't, you know, Tennessee is so good. I, you guys know how much I love Tennessee. Uh, I'm a Tennessee fan. Volunteers for life. Um, but I do agree. I think. Are the Vols going to be become the new Marquette? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you got to um, go to the SEC tournament next year. Oh gosh, um, yeah, but yo, if it's in Nashville, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, no, but I think Tennessee is 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 a great team. But just the way Arizona plays offense and defense, and more importantly, how quick they transition is 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 just going to be really hard for any team to keep compete with, especially a team like Tennessee, which is so heavily on one side of the ball. Um, it's just, for me, I find it hard, hard to see that happening. And Villanova, I just don't give a shot because I don't think they have the defense or the offense to keep up with Arizona. So, um, yeah, I, I think that they're they ain't good the strongest. Enough. Yeah, they ain't good enough. They're the strongest one seed um, that can avoid really getting upset. I, I would be less surprised if Duke, you know, made it through Gonzaga than if I, I would be if, if, if uh, any of these teams made it through Arizona. Not because of the teams, just because... You know, Arizona is that Arizona's good. Arizona's that good. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Um, in terms of dark horses to emerge from this region, obviously, like, I'm not going to be too, you know, like, believing in this. But I do think just because it's March, baby, just because it's March, you got to go with the Loyola Chicago Ramblers. You got to. They got Sister Jean there still. Uh, they they won the easily beat Villanova. Oh yeah, they're gonna I mean, beat Villanova. Easily is probably the wrong like word, but like they absolutely can beat Villanova. Oh, hundred percent, they can. And I think you know they're the same type of disruptor team that has made those March Madness runs in the past. Um, and I think they can beat OSU. They can beat Villanova. Um, and who's to say they couldn't score just enough against Tennessee? You know, I, I think that that's something. And then obviously you have the matchup against. Arizona, but you know, at that point, anything's possible. So I, I, I do see the Loyola Chicago Ramblers kind of having that moniker, kind of of March Madness upsetters. I could see it. You know, it's it's going to happen. No, but I could see it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the style they, they play, and it's it is kind of. I mean, even though you know Porter Moser's let a lot of those faces on the Final Four run, or even from last year's team aren't all there. It's it's something that just kind of becomes ingrained in the culture of your of your team. We're like, yeah, we're going to go and win. A March Madness game like this, this this is nothing new. We beat a one seed last year. We beat all sorts of seeds uh, a few years ago. So I think they'll come in confident too. Um, and if they can beat Ohio State, which will be a great game in its own right, um, I, I definitely think they got a chance to to give Villanova a lot of trouble. I this is probably my weakest dark horse, but I just like Colorado State so much that I want to give Colorado State some love. I know everyone's going to pick Michigan. And, and it's probably a, a good 11-6 upset when you have the a major conference team against uh, a mid-major. But I, I still just see all those issues with Michigan. And, and Colorado State's a, a good team. I've watched them a little bit this year um, in, in the Mountain West. They've been 
just a, a solid team throughout the year. They got nice non-conference wins over Bradley, Mississippi State, Creighton. Not a, a really nice win over St. Mary's. Uh, and David Roddy is just a beast. Like he's just one of the funnest guys to watch. Six five guard, but he's two fifty, and he is a beast. Like he he doesn't play the guard position. He's the this year's version of of Charles Barkley, uh, and and just a fun player to watch and a good good team to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking, you know, going to upsets, I'm picking Michigan over Colorado State, but it's not because I think Colorado State doesn't have a chance, it's just because I think Michigan has the has the talent to emerge if, if, if they can hit, you know, hit everything on the cylinders like they have in this season. That's that's a big if, um, because they're ranked 11 for a reason. Uh, but, uh, you know. And they probably, honestly, they got lucky too the drop part of the reason i think they're not in the play like i think there's a good chance they would have been in the play-in games but you can't play a conference opponent in the playing games so they couldn't have had michigan indiana and um Rutgers, Rutgers, yeah because then you'd have to have a big 10 matchup so like michigan even got advantageous by other teams being on the bubble with them Right, no, for sure. But even that being said, they got Hunter Dickinson still. They got Devonta Jones. They have, they can play to a level that I think is higher and more importantly, faster pace than Colorado State likes to do it. So I think they can disrupt that slow pace um, that Colorado State brings and really um, upset that team. I I go back and forth about this because it has happened uh, so few times in 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 the history of the Big Ten tournament. However. Um, another upset I didn't see, and it's and it's purely not it's not fair because the 15 seed isn't even good in this region. Um, but I could see Delaware beating Villanova. I could. I could see Delaware beating Villanova. Villanova has been so so inconsistent, and Delaware. The problem they haven't been that inconsistent. They just been they just don't have any pizzazz. No, uh, they're uninspiring. They're uninspiring. Yeah. yeah. But that's what you need. You need the inspiration in March. And Delaware, my problem with Delaware is that... You hopefully shouldn't against the 15 seed. Ugh, God. Um, we've seen it. We've seen it. My problem in this with Delaware, exact region, last year, that's where Ohio State was. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, my problem with Delaware is just like, they play at such a slow pace too, and I think that that's what Villanova wants. So I don't see that... They would have to change the way that they play. Um, but I'm going to mention it because, you know, Villanova being such a weak two seed, I still think you could say right for an upset. So that's what I'll mention. What about you? You see any other upsets other ones we're well, talking about? I think there's certainly, I mean, no matter who wins Ohio State or Loyola, I think you certainly have to say Villanova because they, they have been uninspired and they've just, they, their offense is just not quite, they don't have as good as, as many shot makers as they normally do. It's not like this is, a, this is how Villanova always plays, but they're just not efficient not consistent enough offensively to make you be like oh they're going to be because like they're going to match up well with Loyola Chicago because they're both going to want to slow down they're going to match up well against Tennessee but Tennessee's offense has kind of found itself um so we'll see what happens there but I, I think that makes Villanova up for the the upset maybe more so if Ohio State wins because they'll play a different style um, and the playmakers that Ohio State does have when they're on are, are certainly able to, to get it done. But I also went with – I know they made it to the Final Four last year, but I think this Houston team is not quite as offensively talented as, as last year's team was. Of course, they're great defensively, as Kelvin Sampson teams always are. But I really like UAB. I've always been an Andy Kennedy guy. I, I love Andy Kennedy wherever he's been. He had this team rolling. They went on one of the longest win streaks of any teams this year. 
Um, and, and I think I think he will bring you know some confidence to the to the Blazers, and and I think they're going to get the W. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Also, you know, something that I'm going to harp on on teams, just because I think it is important when games are so close. Houston, horrible at free throw shooting. So bad. One of the worst in the countries. Their top three players, Matt, um, in terms of... Their top three players in terms of the ones that have been taking the free throws have an average of 69% of, of for, for free throw shooting. Like, that's just not what that's you horrible. want in March. It's terrible. Those are your top three guys getting fouled, and you and it's not even at 70. I know it's one below, but still, I mean, that's horrible. Um, that's so one of those sets, too, where it's like, even if UAB, even if it doesn't come up in, like, the UAB, like, they might be able to distance themselves enough from UAB to win that. That, that sort of free throw shooting is going to come back to bite you in the ass. And, and you and me talked about it at the Big East. There's been some pretty – it's been a bad year for free throw shooting, and it is going to end up – in some heartbreaking losses for teams. I agree. And it's actually part of the reason I feel so good about our team is because Iowa has has been okay at the line. They haven't been great, but they, they haven't lost us games at the line. I Besides feel like, the Illinois game where we didn't lose at the line, yeah, we, we yeah. are we've been one of the I mean and, and are normally one of the best free throw shooting teams. Right. Yeah, obviously. Every every a wrinkle and everything, but uh, yeah, I think that it's it's a good one to bring. We've had our, uh, we've had our bad our bad free throw shooting game. Yeah, we did. We had it already. Not going to happen again. Knocking on all. Plus, of it is the different wood. different like playing at like on the road, like playing in Champaign as opposed to on a neutral site. Right. Even if there's a lot of fans for that other team, there are very very different things as well. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, in terms of breakout players for this region, I see. I, I think it's clear which one I think could emerge apart from Arizona because Arizona is such a every there's so many good players on that team. Um, I think it's Kennedy Chandler of Tennessee. I mean the volunteers, they have the defense they need to compete with anyone. What they need is someone to step up on the offense. And I think that freshman guard, he's been doing what it takes, he's been slowly getting better and better, and I think he can take his thirteen plus points per game average and move it to a seventeen this tournament and really take the Tennessee Volunteers, um, take that offense into a, one that people are worried about as much as the defense. So I think Kennedy Chandler, the freshman guard, is someone I'm looking at that can really develop this Tennessee team even further. Yeah, his his development has, has really been, you know, it's coincided with Tennessee's uptick and, and how they've played particularly offensively. I, I'm going to go with a guy who very well could probably be Pac-12 player of the year. Absurd that he would be a breakout, but I think that's how – kind of under the radar, Arizona's gun. Benedict Mathurin, Mathurin is an absolute stud, 6'6 combo guard. He can run the offense for him. He can also play off the ball. He can score. He can rebound. He can defend, which is, you know, what really we talk about this Arizona team. They defend so well as a team and, and individually. Uh, he, he just kind of epitomizes what the Wildcats are, and, and I think him and his teammates are going to be back in the Final Four for the first time since 2001. I love that. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to pick an Arizona player to break out, there are so many options considering how 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 many how much how, the lack of love for the individual players versus the team uh, in Arizona because that is how they play. Fair enough, but uh, but it's kind of something you saw with Gonzaga as well, right? You know, you know, Ajayi and Suggs maybe not getting the love they deserved last year uh, because there were so many other great players on the team. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a great pick. 
And uh, yeah, so you, so who, so you're, you're, you're saying Arizona. I got the Wildcats. Yeah, Arizona out of this region. So over so, Tennessee in the Elite Eight. Yeah, but I, think I agree. The size of I think the size of Arizona is just going to be too much for the balls. Right, I agree. The size is a big issue, and I think also the scoring is a big issue. Like Arizona is going to score against that defense, regardless of of what they want. So I think I just don't know if Tennessee has the offensive power to keep up with it. Um, so we both have Arizona. We both have Iowa, and you have Texas Tech. I have Gonzaga. Um, so let's go on to the East region. I think my favorite region. There's so much stuff going on here, um, and see what we think. Top three seeds: uh, Purdue, Kentucky, Baylor. Not in that order. It's Baylor, Kentucky, Purdue. Uh, but what three great seeds here? I, I think. And you no. can even say four for this region. I mean, like oh, I guess, UCLA. You say, you can say four for every region, kind of. But like this region specifically, I think has the clearly the best four seed. Yeah, and they do. UCLA obviously making the final, and um, and uh, not the final, the final four. Um, and yeah, I, I agree, man. They 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 really if if Yuzang can be healthy, I think that they have what it takes. Um, but yeah, who are you taking out of these top three seeds? Because for me, you could pick any of these guys, any of these teams, say that they're the best team, and I would, I would, I would have reason to believe with you. So Purdue, Kentucky, Baylor. I know you've been giving Purdue a lot of love. Baylor, I feel like we were up and down on them. They do finish in that number one seed uh, out of the Big Twelve competitors. Uh, Kansas does as well, but you know Baylor still kind of gets that gets that uh, gets that nod. And Kentucky has Oscar Chibwe. So who are you going with the, in these three teams? Who are you, who are you most confident about? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's the most open, you know, and like I said, I, I, I think you throw UCLA in there. I think it's the most open four seeds that we have in the tournament. I mean, Purdue's been one of my favorites all year, and they're a three seed. Uh, that that Purdue-Kentucky game, I've been going back and forth. I'm going to go back and forth until my last breath. Um, but I, my favorite, I'm, I'm going to go with Kentucky. Um, I, I just think this team, it's another team that just has so much talent, but it's not the normal Kentucky team. Like Duke's made up like a normal Kentucky team. It's like all freshmen that are doing things. Kentucky's got, you know, the Toshibwe, the, the transfer from West Virginia. You got Count O'Grady, the transfer from Davidson. So it, it's got the leadership on the floor as well. And and look, when it comes into to March Madness, there's there's few guys that do it better than than John Calipari, no matter where he's been. Yeah, that's fair. I want to pick Kentucky so bad. I really do. And I think it's such a toss-up between those four teams. Agreed. Baylor, for me, is a week one seed just because they have had so many injury issues. And I just don't think they're going into the tournament with the same, you know, oomph as they did last time. So it makes me tentative to pick them. Between Kentucky and Purdue... UCLA, again, I'm basing what they could be versus of what could happen, not what they are right now, which is why I can't really give them that nod. But between Purdue and Kentucky, I'm going to give the slight edge to Purdue. Uh, just I, seeing them in the Big Ten Championship probably gave me a bias, but they just have so many guys that can make such a difference. Um, and sometimes, you know, I do agree, Kentucky does have a veteran leadership, and that's nice, but sometimes they do get a little cent- player-centric around Shibwe. Um, and I think Purdue just spread that ball so nicely between Jaden Ivey, between Edie, between Travion Williams, um, between Severovitz. Like, they have so many good players. So I agree with you. You know, I think that it's a toss-up between those two. But I think they've got the bigs. 
and the stars to match any and every team. So I'm going Purdue. I love Purdue out of this region. Well, I think like something we took advantage of with Purdue, uh, as much as, as Williams played well, but like, you know, we, we couldn't really stop Edie. The only way we could stop Edie was if he was on the bench, which was with a small ball lineup, which was with Keegan playing. Like Edie couldn't be on the floor that long because otherwise it, they were going to get stopped. Luckily for Purdue, and, and we'll see maybe if, if Cal, you know, plays a smaller sort of lineup. And Toshiba is not a massive dude. I think he's listed about like 6'9". But he is a traditional, as, as mobile as he is, he's more of a traditional big man. He's not going to stretch the floor. Uh, so kind of the way Kentucky plays, I think, does help Purdue uh, matchup-wise. Like, they, they don't want to play a team that can spread the floor um, in kind of that more modern way that we see. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hate picking against Oscar Cheapway. I hate picking against John Calipari with all of my heart. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. It's like picking against Tom Brady in, in, in the playoffs. It's picking against John Calipari because you've just seen him with so many different variations of teams go so far. Uh, but I do love Purdue. I, I'm going to say seeing them up front and how they pushed Iowa all the way to the break and how highly I think of this Iowa team. Uh, I also think plays into that. Um, but who do you think is a dark horse that can emerge from this region? We've talked about the top four seeds all being great. Who do you think outside of those top four seeds, you know, could make a run for it? I, I do really like Virginia Tech, especially the way they're playing. But the one I the one I like the most, even though I have them going out in the second round, is Murray State. I, I, I think Murray State, particularly if they're able to get by Kentucky, uh, and they're going to have a battle with San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco is a, a great team in their own right. So uh, the the Murray State Kentucky in state battle is by no means guaranteed, um, but they're going to be ready for Kentucky. And, and like I said, I just love their style of play, the way they they attack the basket. They're not a team that relies on on jump shooting, which can go a long way, especially in these these sort of tournaments. So even though I have them going out early, uh, I would love to see them make a run, and I and I think they've got the the dogs to do it. Yeah, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. You know, I I, I think. Virginia Tech showed showed what they can do. They've got that veteran leadership in Kiva Luma, who, who's used to March Madness tournaments. You know, he's got some play in there. I think they have room to grow. So, you know, I'm not really picking them, but I, outside of those top four seeds, I can't see Virginia Tech. I mean, they're going to, I mean, we'll move on to upsets in a sec, but they're going to be Texas because Texas is just so, Yeah. I mean, it's, you want to talk about the Providence pick being easy. For me, this is just like, yeah, it's going to happen because Texas is so uninspired and, and, and flat. In, in, in their play, and their offensive play especially. So they're offensively mediocre. Uh, when's the last time Texas won two games in a row even? Like, when did that, when's the last time that happened? Like, honestly, For I can't real. even remember. It's, it's so bad. If there's uh, I any love the time Murray it would happen, it'd be now, just because Chris Beard, like, is, just makes magic in, in March Madness. But I think, I think the past teams he's made magic with had a, had a, had a little bit better uh, offensive ability than this Texas team. It's, Mediocre, I think you're. I think you're even being kind of. They're they're bad on offense. They suck. Ooh, he took my. I see you're mediocre, and I, and I give you're you. Just, you're being kind. You're, you're on vacation. Kind. You're in a good mood. I get it, Jan. Hey, I, I won't hold back from the Longhorns. They have a bad offense. There you go. There you go. Longhorns, if you listen to this, you know what you shouldn't take in moderation. Offense, please give us yeah. more, more and more. more. Gorge yourself on that offense if you want a chance here. Get it going. Um, I, I, I would pick, here's the thing. I wanted to pick the Dons because I do think they can easily beat Murray State. And, and you know, 
The problem is Kentucky doesn't rely on three-point shooting, and that's the kind of team that the Dons could upset. Um, and so I can't pick them over Kentucky because the matchup isn't really there for them to like have a have an in on that kind of team. Um, but yeah, I, I I could see San Francisco even being an interesting interesting pick. Any other upsets you see in this region besides the Virginia Tech Texas one? Because we can't. I'm gonna remind you all: can't pick San Francisco Murray State. It's 10-7. That no, is not is. in the math index of upsets. Not in the March Madness. You can't. It's not me. I didn't make these rules. These are just the rules of life. You know how things work. The facts. If you were like, you called your friend up and you were like, "Dude, I got a great upset for you. It's this ten seed over a seven. They'd be like, "Shut up! Shut up!" Oh, well. I didn't make the rules. Um, no, I did Virginia Tech um, and and. I really do like Indiana. I think they'll, they'll have a shot against St. Mary's. Um, I, I, I might pick Indiana for fun, but but that's a, that's a real tough one. But Virginia Tech, I, I think, is like you said, it seems um, it's almost one of those where you're like, is this too obvious? Like, is Texas gonna just somehow come out of nowhere and, and play well because we're all have now sold sold them off? But uh, Virginia Tech is playing well too. They they played really really well throughout that ACC tournament, um, and I think they'll be feeling themselves. Oh my gosh. That's how it happens, right? You talk down a team and they just come out of nowhere, and you talk up a team and they go out in the first round. So I, I'm I'm nervous about everything we've talked about. I feel like we're putting a lot in the atmosphere. Um, breakout player for this region. Who do you got as a player that could really break out in the in the East region? I'm gonna go with Kellen Grady because I think when he's on, Kentucky becomes almost unstoppable. Um, and and I think his his fifth year guy. I think he's, he's gonna Get clicking uh, and 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 make Kentucky my my final four birth out of this region. Okay, and so you got Kentucky coming out of that region, yeah. Yep. Okay, well then I'm I'm going to kind of similarly. My breakout player for those reasons is Jaden Ivey. He's already getting a lot of love in Big Ten play. I think he can really put his name in national lights if he can dazzle Purdue out of the East. You know, Purdue's got the size to match up. Now, can you have that almost John Morant like player giving you the offensive energy when you need it? Um, so I think that he can break out. He's getting too much love right now. He's not there yet, but he could be. Breakout. He he's could. a top five draft pick at the start of the year. He um he's a guy that like is like you said he can be like John Rand. And then the open floor, it's scary. Like when he starts going downhill, you're kind of like, well that that's two points. Like you just chalk it up right now. He's forcing way too much right now though. He needs to reel it in. He he had. Overall, I, I think he had a poor game against Iowa um, and certainly helped us win that game. And then the defense did put him in precarious situation, but there were times where it was just like, dude, you're trying to do way too much. And if he, as much as I believe, like I still think Purdue can absolutely make a Final Four. I think, it, I think Purdue can win the national championship, but he needs to reel it in if that's going to happen. Yeah, okay. Well, that, that's we'll see if he can reel it in. So with that, we agree on to that the Hawkeyes – and uh, and Arizona are coming out of their regions. Uh, for this East region, you have Kentucky, I have Purdue, and for the West region, uh, you have Texas Tech, I have Gonzaga, so we're kind of flipping higher picks for lower picks there. I love it. March Madness holds a place in my heart. Really quick before we, before we go to the quick fire question, let's get some final thoughts. Who's your favorite to win it all? We talked about the top four. Who's your favorite to win it all? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna as much as I love our Hawkeyes, I do I do think we'll we'll run into that buzzsaw that is the Wildcats. They will run into the other Wildcats. It'll be Kentucky against Arizona. And I, Arizona just every time I'm like, ah, they really there and I watch them, it they just keep making me a believer in everything that they do. So Arizona is my favorite. I got Arizona over Kentucky in the final. I have a similar final, but I, 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 no, I don't. I have Arizona coming out of that uh, matchup with the Hawkeyes, and then I have Gonzaga coming out of the matchup with Kentucky. Yes, that's right. You heard it here, folks. Gonzaga's going to lose another final. Gonzaga's going to lose another final. <laughs> it's going to happen, and it's going to be so going to battle through. So sad, but uh, I agree. I want to pick Gonzaga because you think, I can't imagine losing them again at the end. I just can't. I, I can't do it. But, but you know, it's, it's kind of what you said. We know how good this Arizona team is, but for some reason when we t- walk away from them a little bit, we're like, oh, maybe they're not that good. And then you watch them play and you're like, oh, man, like where is someone going to beat you? I just don't know. Um, so I'm also going to go with Arizona. I've been, I've been back and forth in this one, but I'm going to go with Arizona as well. So we got different finals. You got the Kentucky Wildcats beating Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga beating Purdue, making it to the final against Arizona. But then we both got Arizona. I love that. You know, we both agree Arizona Wildcats, which means probably they'll go out in the second round. So right. that, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's probably what's going to up the TCU or uh, who's the other, who's the eight team in there? TCU could TCU. beat them. I, I Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. Um, best player of the tournament. Who's going to win best player of the NCAA tournament. You want to know? Uh, so also too on on Gonzaga because Gonzaga's fighting some insane history. We've had two first-time winners in the last two tournaments with Baylor and Virginia. The last time that we've had three straight new winners was 1943, 44, and 45. Damn. So when which were which were started. the uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh tournaments ever. Since then, there's ne- there hasn't like been consecutive, which is insane. Like that's a- absurd. Um, but they're so they're fighting a lot of uh, history there. I think they can do it. But but I'm, I'm with you. Best player, I'm going to stick with Mathurin. I-, I I think just he he's their leading scorer. He sets the tone defensively for them. Arizona is a great team, but even a great team needs that that one guy that that is going to lead them, and, and he's that leader. Uh, he does it in his play. He does it in, in just kind of uh, vo- as a vocal leader. Um, and, yeah, so I got, I got Benedict Mathurin going to be player of the tournament on the way to their championship. Yeah, i not picking someone in the final because I think Gonzaga and Arizona are such team, team-oriented team teams. Like, like they distribute the ball so well that I think it's going to be hard for one of them to stand out. And I think if either of them is going to win that final, it's going to be as a team. I don't see one player really being the dominant However, one player that is going to get by Bill Self at Kansas and going to make it a game against Arizona, I think, is Mr. Keegan Murray. I think Mr. Keegan Murray is going to be the player of the tournament. I think he's going to have a really good run. I think the Big Ten Championship is, is, is going to kind of play into people's feelings about that. Now, obviously, Iowa as a team can't beat Arizona, but I think Keegan Murray is going to get, make, make it really, really close. And, uh, you know, I think he takes it Final Four. Or better. Uh-huh. Oh, don't, man. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Oh, don't do it. I don't even know what I'll do. Uh, I don't even know what I'll do. Fine. I, I'm just... I want to beat Richmond. Yeah, beat Richmond. Beat Richmond. Can't think ahead. Can't think ahead. The last time we won the Big Chin tournament, 
I thought I had. And then Northwestern State happened. A bane of my existence. Gosh. Let me tell you something, though. Murray, not in moderation. Murray, not in moderation. All of them. All of them. Right now, baby. 310 on St. Paddy's Day. I mean, does it get any better than that? It does. The best holiday. And we're not like fucking Chicago. I'm, Chicago every year is just like, well, I guess now it's St. Patrick's Day. It's like five days before St. Patrick's Day. You don't just get to decide whenever the hell you all want to get drunk. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's why they were all raging this weekend. And they 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 died the the river, which is awesome. I think it's it's so you don't just get to do it whenever the fuck you want. You're like, oh, it's close to St. Patrick's Day. No, that is not yeah. how holidays work. Yeah, it's not like it's December 22nd. It's Christmas. Yeah, it's like, well, it's Saturday, so we might as well have a big Christmas. Fucking Chicago. What a second-rate city. Wow. Oh, oh, wow. That is Coming for you, Chi-Town. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. I'm I'm nervous. Chi-Town fans. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, there you go. Matt's going to go here. Um, we didn't talk about the women's side. We just didn't have enough time. But on the women's side of the ball, we got a tournament as well. Who do you think takes it home in the women's side? And how far can these Hawkeyes go? Also Big Ten champions, relying on another baller in Caitlin Clark, who can absolutely take over a game. Um, but yeah, who do you think is going to win the tournament? Let me ask you first. Uh, well, I'm, I'll answer about the Hawks first because they're they're connected. Um, okay. These Hawks will have a nice rematch with Iowa State in the Sweet 16. I think the Hawks will, will get the better of them. and will go to the Elite Eight. Unfortunately, we'll fall short of the Final Four again because I think South Carolina is going to win it all. I think South Carolina is just the best team. Part of the reason it's going to hurt the Hawks is, as much as I love them, they do not play any defense. Our, our The men's team like kind of started playing some defense. The women's were just like, nah, we'll just play even better offense. And it, it did, has worked. Uh, but I think in the tournament, especially once you get to that Elite Eight stage and, and you pay, face a team like South Carolina, Don Staley has made that program absolutely phenomenal they were the best team last year and, and fell short this team I, I think is very focused on on bringing home that title again to to south carolina i love that yeah i mean i here's exactly what i wrote uh the hawkeyes have caitlin Clark, who can absolutely take over any game unfortunately for them they are in the same region as soon to be champion south carolina so elite eight will be the cap for them i mean the south carolina women ridiculously talented they did lose the sec final but in total this season, Matt, they lost two games by a margin of three total points. <laughs> so that yeah. is that is what happened. And it happens to all the best teams. Aliyah Boston's a baller, and they will win the tournament. I think we're in agreement on that. I think every bracket I've seen has South Carolina winning, even though there's some good other teams, obviously, in the tournament. So, but yeah. I See, mean, UConn's kind of turned around. Maybe they can make some yeah. noise. Stanford, of course, will be there. Uh, yeah. Kyra Vanderveer. It'll... it'll it should be a good tournament. I, th- I think the women's game is really – in the last few years, it's it's gotten – there's been m- more more parity, at least more more teams in – you know, like South Carolina wasn't a team that, that we said a lot um, before, and, and there's, it's becoming a, a larger sport a, as a whole, and, and I think that's, that's great for the game and, and makes it more fun to watch. I agree, man, and you know – who knows? Maybe this time, end of the year, we're talking both Hawkeye teams in the Final Four. Hope behind hope. I mean, no. Do you know the uh, school that won both women's and men's national championships in the same year, Yannick? The last time it happened. I think it, I'm pretty sure it's only happened once. Oh, it's only happened once. All right. And Big Ten, you said? Nope. Just oh, any, any school. Yeah. 
Kentucky. Good guess. Connecticut, 2004. Ah, Connecticut. Uh, that makes sense. Connecticut yeah. was like so dominant in, yeah, 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 yeah. in the men's team that year. Well, it's going to be exciting March, and now we have reached a March Madness-themed quick-fire questions. Are we ready? Born ready, baby. I'm born All right. Ready. So have your computer out because I'm going to throw some questions at you that you might have to look at the bracket for. I just want you to be ready with that because these you might not be able to guess these off the top of your head. Sounds good. I'm All ready. Right. Okay, so first question. How many Big Ten teams will make it to the Sweet 16? Sweet 16. So I got – how many teams do I have there? I've got one. I've got Purdue. I've got Illinois. I've got the Hawkeyes. I've got Wisconsin. I'm going to go with four. So you're going to go with the top – kind of the top four there in the in terms yeah. of the – okay, perfect. So you don't think Indiana, Rutgers, none of them making the Sweet 16? Yeah, just, just two just two tougher roads in front of them. Fair enough. All right, so we got four Big Ten teams still great at its considering it's sixteen. So that's a, a quarter. Of hey, and honestly, you asked me which four, so it could be. An, uh, you could you asked me how many, so it could be another four, and I'm still technically right. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. the The logic stands. <laughs> the logic stands there. Um, okay, now I know you don't like picking no number one seeds. Uh, you know, it laid on because that's not how March works. But Gonzaga. Baylor, Arizona, Kansas. How many number one seeds? Another one where you can claim benefit of the doubt. How many number one seeds will make it to the final four? I mean, I only have one. So I have to say one, right? I have to believe in my bracket. I'll say, I guess I can answer this differently than my bracket. I'll say two. Two, yeah, there you go. Two, yeah. Yeah, you can answer this different than the bracket. It's different things, different things. There's no, there's no cross-contamination there. Um, ESPN calls me and they're like, so you've got the winning bracket, but apparently on your podcast, you said there'd be two number one seats. We can't give you the $50,000 grand prize. And you would just be like, I'll file a suit unless you promote our podcast on ESPN. And then I'm happy to drop the money. Because yeah. That's, that's fair. Smart um, thinking. There you go. Um, okay, and this is the one where you might need to do some research. Maybe not. You, you're, you know your college basketball. Will we have a champion that hasn't won a championship in the 21st century? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I feel – I'll say yes on that one. Yes on that um, one. Because I think Gonzaga and Arizona are, are my favorites to get it done. I would maybe even say third Purdue. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that whoever wins will not have won one in the 21st century. There you go. All right. Step off the quickfire question seat. Did so well. Talked March Madness, and we are done, which means it is time to cool down. Love it. All right. I, I had a bone to pick in the Big Ten tourney conference, which is I want to bring it up. We were, we were playing against Purdue, and it felt like Purdue was playing Purdue, and they were just giving Purdue all this love. So, I mean, what do you do when the commentators just don't give your team any love? I, like, I know you should probably just ignore it, but, like, oh, my God, when my teams aren't getting love, I want to I wanna punch a hole through the wall. Like, do your – and you know what? We talked about this, too. It's not even when they don't give them love, like, oh, I want you to, you know, praise my team, uh, you know, as much, but it's like – when there is stuff to talk about your team and they're and they're just not they're just talking about all the buzz points and they're not seeming to like do their research, it does make you seem like why are you commentating this game? Like this is a big game. 
You don't want to talk about all these buzz, like all this research that there's out there. So what do you do? You, do you care about that when you're, you know, your teams aren't getting love? I, it doesn't really bother me all that much. My dad gets all up in a hoopla, but my dad is also he, like he thinks. I think he thinks like every time they're not. He's becoming such an old man in his sports watching days, where he gets he hates every ref, he hates every comment. I think he texts me, "These are the worst commentators every game." Uh, so I know it, it, it irks him. I, like I said, commentators just suck. Rat. Rafferty, I'll give the pass on because at least the one thing that'll annoy me because like like I said, Rafferty he's he's just old. He can't he can't keep up with the game. He's there to be a character and say onions and you know what? Uh, yes. I, I love it, so I'm fine with him staying. Um, I get upset though when it's like like Gus Johnson when he called the Hawkeye games and and Chris Murray made a three and he was like Keegan Murray with the three like one's got a left hand, one shoots right. They're not the same. Like that sort of. Being on top of your job, then I'm just then I just think you like suck. I don't really take it offensively when it's like you're just kind of an idiot, right? And also when he was talking about a gun delay, and the only thing he could say was like he's big, he's big. I was like, to be fair, there's not a lot. I mean, I don't know what I'd say about a gun delay. He's British. Yeah. He's he's got about a seven minutes on the floor. Huh, so those fair. are those are some guys where like I'll give the pass on, but like like we were saying like. Obviously, Keegan Murray, player of the year. Jordan Mahanen's been there forever. Patrick and Connor are the goddamn coach's sons. Like, Chris is Keegan's twin. It, it, it shouldn't be all that tough to get down those sort of guys and know a little thing about them. Right. And also, Jaden Ivey and, and Edie and Williams were fine. They, they weren't – they didn't beat us, and they were acting like they were up by 10 when they were down by 5. So, that's – See, and that's – honestly, that's – if anything, I start loving it because I'm like – Go ahead. Keep on loving on the team that, like, the the ratings and everything want you to. All I give a shit about is winning the game. I do not give a damn if you say one good thing about my team. If at the end of the game my final score is Iowa more than the other team, I'm happy. All I give, And actually, I'm happier. I'm like, go ahead. Keep on doubting me. Yeah, Matt, Matt wants that smoke. Matt wants that smoke, Chi-Town. Matt wants that smoke. I'm ready for it. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this action-packed March Madness episode. We know it's a little bit of a longer one, but you can just scroll through, listen to whatever region you're looking for, or better yet, pick your bracket based on what your experts said over here. Um, you know, the actual experts, they don't know what they're talking about. We, we know what we're talking about. Um, There's a, lot, a lot of experts are picking the Hawkeyes. We're not yeah. even being that much of homers. No, we're not. We're just... We're just hold on, I see. Reese Davis, Vitale... Clark Kellogg, Greenberg. There was someone else that was kind of noteworthy that picked the Hawks. I was like, damn. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. I, I'm worried. I'm fully it worried. It scares me. It scares fully, me. Fully worried. I know. They're, uh, all, they're all seeing Kimba. I'm, all, I'm seeing, like I said, I'm seeing 2006. I'm, I'm scarred from conference tournament champions. Not, I, don't, I don't see it as you get hot. I see it as your dreams are shattered. Okay, well, from Spring Break Yannick and Shattered Matt, that's, that's going to be it for us today. Thank you all so much for joining us. For always, our thoughts are with the people in Ukraine, um, that they're doing well, that may, this conflict comes to an end soon. And, uh, yeah, we're very grateful that we get to sit here and enjoy and talk about March Madness and aren't engulfed in a, in a war in our country. So happy, happy to be able to say that. Uh, Matt, anything else for the beautiful people? Nah, just like you said, love to to Ukraine and uh, love to you guys all for listening. Appreciate it. Cheers, y'all. 
We'll be right back.